Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings, Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. My name is Michael Kiyama, and I give leadership in the outreach department. Recently, for the past few weeks, we've been learning from the book of James. And what we've been learning is that there are times, there are seasons, there are circumstances that will always bombard a Christian. And they are, most of them, they will ambush us. Most of them, we know about them. Most of them, we do not know when they come. So they will constantly ambush our lives. But what James is teaching us is how to live in wisdom and even ask if we do not have it, if we believe that we do not have the wisdom. What we should understand from the background of James is that he was the leader of the Messianic Mother Church, which was composed of or comprised of Messianic Jews, which were the early Christians in Jerusalem after Peter moved to open more churches. After he moved, that's when James took over and he led the church close to 20 years, which, which lived through famine. The church lived through poverty. The church lived through persecution from the Jewish leaders. So this church had a lot to deal with based on their belief or in regards to their belief or rather because of their belief in Christ Jesus. So he led with wisdom and courage, but unfortunately he was later killed after he wrote this particular book. He really challenges us how we live. He encourages us to live a life that's wholly devoted to God. And from what we will learn from this book, the whole of it, and even today's chapter, which is chapter 3, we will learn that the clarity in this book is that there is a conversation, there will always be a conversation between the Trinity, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. He will always teach us, he, it, it, it always teaches us to understand that all of the three Godhead, they have a communicative way, they have based their doings or their acts or rather what they do their functions as the godheads they have a way of communicating they are communicative in their way of living one talks to the other one conveys the message one tells who what to do and when to do it there is all that there is always a conversation between them as humans we are inherently, inherently wired to express ourselves in whichever way possible, but majorly through our mouth or rather our tongue. So notice that he is not addressing everybody. He is majorly talking to the brethren who are in salvation. So this church really went through a lot and they had a lot to deal with. They had a lot to struggle with. They had a lot to fight through the times and the seasons in which the church was, uh, was founded in. And so in this regard, he teaches us that there is a way we are expected to live. He helps us understand there is a place where we are coming from, there is a place where we are, and there is a place where we are going. He breaks down the letter in four phases, which is chapter 3. He breaks it down in four phases to help us understand better what he's literally saying through the scriptures. In chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 2, he addresses the teachers of the law and all who wants to be teachers. Chapter 3, verse 3 to verse 6, he enlightens us on how powerful the tongue is. 
in verse 7 to 12, he talks on the difficulty of taming the tongue. And finally, in verse 13 to 18, he talks about the solution on how we can deal with this. Let's go right ahead and understand and read what he says in chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. He says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. James is simply telling us that it is much easier to teach people what they should be and do, but to obey our own precepts is much of a problem. He's simply telling us that you as a leader, you as one that has been given the gift of influence, whichever way you are, however gifted you are, in whichever sphere of influence you are, there is a certain form of influence that God has graced you with. And he says, he tells them, be careful on how you deal with that influence. Not everybody, do not all desire to be leaders. Do not all be desire to be teachers. Let not many of you become teachers. Because all of us, we shall be judged. We shall be called. You might be in the influence of a father, a mother, influence of a leader, a president, a king, in whichever sphere of influence. James is advising us that we should be careful on what we tell them. We should be careful on what we do with that which God has endowed upon our lives. And that is in influence. Because that is a form of leadership. We will be required to give an account of all that we told people to do. We will give an account. We will tell. We will say what we were accountable to. We will talk about it. We will say it. And we will give an account of what we said. Let us be mindful of that aspect. Let us be careful with how we deal with influence because that we are going to give an account for. He goes on deeper to help us understand in verse 3 to verse 6, he enlightens us on how powerful it is. How powerful is the tongue? How powerful is that little organ and what mayhem it can cause. It can cause. Verse 3 to verse 6 says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. 
He is simply saying that the tongue is so little, yet it's considered as one of the smallest major organs in our bodies. But what we may not understand is that the tongue will always elucidate the intents of the heart. And if it's not carefully observed, it causes mayhem, not only in our lives, but also in the lives of those around us or those that come across our parameters or other close counters. We ought to be careful. We ought to be careful. Notice how he talks, he gives examples of how we, we can tame a horse. How we can easily control a horse because we put a bit in its tongue or other mouth. And once it bites it, what happens is that you can turn the horse from any direction you want it to go because you have gotten hold of the only part that is the, 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 serial, the part which can really get a hold of everything in his body. He also talks about a sheep. That they are so large, they are so driven by fierce winds, but they can only be turned by a small rudder, a small thing that controls everything about the whole ship. The pilot desires wherever he wants to go. He controls that ship with a small rudder. Isn't it funny that even a song that singers sing, it is always done in a studio, a small little room with equipment, with all the necessary materials needed to record a song. And through that song, a whole generation is changed. A whole generation can be turned to wherever that song was built from was it built from inspiration was it built from a point of love was it built from a point of uh, uh beauty was it built from a point of increase thanksgiving blessing whatever the intent of the heart was when that song was being built a whole generation will be driven their souls are going to be transformed or rather inspired by that song which was recorded in a small room. This is what Paul, I mean, James is really telling us. He's helping us understand that in this life, he's helping us understand that in these dimensions of living, there is a place we are coming from, there is a place where we are, and there is a place where we are going. And so it is a journey which requires us to be sensitive on what we say and what we do because words can easily cripple people's lives let us be careful with what are the decisions that we make because those decisions can always lead us to talk to certain generation and to people who are around us and it can easily build them or cripple them it can cripple their decisions. It can cripple their enthusiasm. Words can cripple the esteem of other people. Words can cripple the perception of other people. Words can cripple the courage of other people. And at the same time, words can build people. Words can make people 
help people make the right decisions. Words can build the enthusiasm of other people. Words can build the esteem of other people. Words can change the perception and courage of other people. James is really advising us that let us be careful. Let us put bits in our hearts. Because that's where the content of the heart comes from. And once it comes from that place, we are able to speak of what is in the heart. He helps us also understand the problem. Because it is one thing for him. He helps me understand what I have. He is helping me understand what is embedded in me. He helps me understand how powerful an organ I have in my body is. He helps me understand that. But now he also goes on to help us understand from verse 7 to 12 where the problem is. Let's read from verse 7 to 12 and see what he's really saying from verse 7. He says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we cast men who have been made in the similitude of God. Verse 10, he says, Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yield both salt and water afresh. Picture this with me. If we could control our tongues, which we cannot, except the Holy Spirit guides the innermost beings of our hearts, then in that instance, we should be able to be masters of the whole inner economy of our natures and for that to happen, we must understand whatever destabilizes our speech and how we can involve God with the help of the Holy Spirit to tame our tongues. He's really telling us that there is an economy in us. There is an, an economy, which is the economy of thoughts, which is the economy of, uh, uh, of, of life there is an economy of our souls there is that which we feed ourselves with and the only place that from the place from the only place where our speech can be tamed is from the heart we cannot change the speech unless we change the heart we cannot change what's going on in our hearts and we cannot go change what's going on in our speech or in our tongues or what we are about to say if we cannot change what's going on in our hearts the grumbling the complaining all those have to change but they do not change from the tongue they change from the heart we can only invite the holy spirit to come and help us do this the intent and purpose of the heart is what influences whatever we speak in reality, works and speech, they will always reveal the heart. Whatever you do, whatever you say, will always be revealed, will always reveal the heart. 
which means the tongue has a power and a responsibility for which it will give an account of. Are we careful? What are the intents of our hearts? What are the motives in our heart? For that is what God will judge. Whatever you do, whatever you say, will always reveal what is embedded in your heart. He's also helping us understand that our human hearts are fallen. Whether you are saved or not, your heart is fallen. And most times it is speech which will most time reveal that fallenness. Including those who are redeemed. We basically have a lot of impediments from James. He's telling us we, we basically have a lot of impediments in our systems that seeks to get out through the tongue or rather the mouth. All these impediments that goes on in our souls and in our hearts, they are all seeking to come out. James says the only way that can be changed is when the heart is tamed. The Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who? can know it except God. Man cannot tame the tongue, but Christ can do that. He goes straight to the heart, for that's the seat of mischief. Until we understand that your heart and my heart and everybody else's heart, that's the seat of mischief. That's the bedrock of mischief, according to Mark 7, 14 to 15. It is the bedrock of mischief. And so if that is where mischief is, then the tongue can only speak the mischief that is embedded in that heart until God becomes the guide and the leader of that heart. This is where God begins the work of transformation from. And we need to understand it's not a one-time occasion. It is a lifetime process. It is something that does not happen in a night. It doesn't, it's not something that happens in a day or in hours or seconds or months. It is a lifetime process. Remember, for you to be able to control or to control or rather to lead a horse, you have to put a bit in, it, in, in its tongue or rather in its mouth so that you can be able to control the whole body. He continuously teaches us, helps us understand then what is the solution? Which is in James chapter 3, verse 13, all the way to the end, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct. Look at that verse. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, it is sensual, it is demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. He's talking about how wicked the heart is, this kind of wisdom from whence it comes from. Because notice that it will always want to come out. All these self-seeking ideas, all these bitterness, all these lies, they are always embedded in the fallenness of the heart. Or rather the fallen heart. They are always sensual, these thoughts. They are earthly. They are demonic. If what we are asking is self-seeking, 
then absolutely we will speak lies. We will speak things do, that do not have a good ending in them. He says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. Remember, salvation is about fruits. We have to bear fruits. The Bible says that you shall know them by their fruits. That is the end product of every Christian. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. He's simply telling us wisdom from above. He's demystifying and bringing a difference between the wisdom from above and wisdom from below. One of the characteristics of wisdom from above is that it is gentle and generous. Another characteristic of wisdom from below is that it is selfishly ambi ambitious and jealous. Wisdom from above, it will always speak the truth, while wisdom from below, it will always speak lies and deception, or rather it deceives. Wisdom from above, it is always pure and organized. But wisdom from below is always disorderly and demonic. Wisdom from above, is always, it will always result in peace. While the wisdom from below, it will result in disharmony. Wisdom from above is always reasonable. While wisdom from below is always self-centered. And the fruit thereof for both of them from the wisdom from above, the fruits of wisdom from above, which is God, it will always lead to love and mercy. While the wisdom from below will always have the fruit of strife and competition. Let us be careful that we do not become those who seek earthly intellect. It is good to be wise. It is good to read books. It is good to learn and to understand what happens in our world. But it is also better and wise for us to have the wisdom that comes from God. Because in it, we will bear fruits. In that kind of wisdom, there is the fruits of love in, in, in mercy. In the wisdom from above, there is reasonability. There is peace. There is pureness. There is purity and organization. There is truth. There is gentleness and generosity in the wisdom from above. This will guide us to speak the things that God would want us to speak. This will guide us and tame our hearts and our tongues to speak the right things that God would have us speak. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to understand that true wisdom is first pure and then peaceable. It produces a holy heart and then the quiet and gentle one. He helps us. James helps us understand that mercy and good works will always follow. A life that is free from favoritism and insincerity. And as the peace-loving soul gets through the world, dropping the seeds of peace, those seeds will always produce harvests of righteousness. Those that sow in peace, they shall always reap a harvest of righteousness. My friends, God 
wants to bridle our mouth or our tongue. He will have the right to your whole body. He will have the right to your whole being if you let him. Let him have his hand on the tiller of your tongue and he will guide your life as he desires. And you will see the fruits of living a life that honors God in speech and in works. Remember, the heart is the bedrock of all lies and all things that do not honor God. And that's the place where God wants to change us. I pray that today you will change your perception as you let God come into your life and into your heart and change that very thing that does not honor God. That he will come and change the crooked side of you that does not honor him. That he will come and help you deal with your works and your speech. Let God bridle your mouth. Let him have his hand on the tiller of your tongue. And he will guide your life as he desires. May the Lord guide you. May the Lord lead you. Even as you let him into your heart now. And help you do this for his glory and for the joy of your heart. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.